the fact is that the head doesn't really get bigger, right? Heads aren't getting huge in those last couple of weeks. But I've seen 12 pound babies come out completely naturally in the water. Again, I go back to what does nature want from the scenario and nature wants a life healthy baby. Hello, I'm Carolyn and this is What Doulas Know. I'm a doula, the mother of two, and for over 40 years, a registered nurse. My goal is to educate, support, and empower before, during, and after pregnancy with a special emphasis on labor and childbirth. All information presented in this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. The persons presenting the episodes are not licensed doctors. You should consult a qualified medical professional before making any decisions regarding your health, including any decisions based on information presented here. In this episode of What Doulas Know, we're going to delve into the conundrum of the due date, the interesting date that consumes a family for (laughs) over nine months. In the studio again with me is doula and certified midwife April Klein, and she's assisted in over 350 births, and uh, we'll soon learn how many naturally came on their actual (laughs) due date. What do you think, April? (laughs) Like almost none. (laughs) You have 365 days to choose from. There's a whole bunch of days in a year. I was doing some background work on Mm -hmm. this, and it is actually the estimated date of delivery, Mm -hmm. expected date of confinement, Mm -hmm. Um, and it refers to the confinement that uh, pregnant women used to have to go into Mm -hmm. when they would withdraw from society and be confined to their rooms Mm -hmm. with only their midwives and ladies-in-waiting and female family members to attend them. And I think that uh, we have put so much stock in the due date that it has made our society almost crazy. I agree with you. Yeah, I see it as a huge stumbling block, actually. I find that most care providers are quite fixated on it. And around 36 weeks, maybe you make it to 37 weeks, there's this building um, stress around when is the baby going to come and why isn't your body doing what it's supposed to do yet? And my response every single time someone comes to me and says, my care provider is asking me these questions and my care provider wants to check my cervix. And I'm like, wait, we're 37 weeks yesterday. And they say, yes. And I say, you're 37 weeks. You're not anywhere even near your quote unquote due date, which isn't even a hard date to begin with. Right. So we just, uh, saw this Mm -hmm. in Unfold uh, with Meghan Markle, Mm -hmm. who would not even tell us when her due date was, which is very interesting. And uh, Harry said uh, the baby took a little bit longer to come than we had anticipated, Mm -hmm. but he's here nonetheless. Perfect. So I I recommend to my um, clients is to tell people a season Mm. or a month, Mm. not give them a exact day Mm -hmm. because when that day comes it's Mm -hmm. Mm anticlimactic and then the phone starts to ring and social media lights up and you just want to tell everybody to go away and sometimes I have given that suggestion to put on your answering machine uh, I will let you know when I have this baby and it's uh Leave me alone. (laughs) Not helpful. Thank you so much. I I love you, but it's not helpful. Yes. So um, do you know where the due date actually, how that's 
I know it was uh, developed by a man. Mm-hmm. So Na- the- Nagel. Nagel, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole big computation, which we could, I mean, it involved subtracting and adding months and Yes, and landed on this 40-week mark, which is actually not even statistically correct. The average gestation for a middle-class white person in this country without any interventions or inductions or whatever is 41 weeks plus a day or two. Okay, so let's just start with that. And when most people hear that, their hair curls and they go, oh my gosh, that's so right. The problem comes in us quantifying everything and knowing some but not knowing all, right? So the fear is that there's a reason the baby's not coming. And what I am finding more and more is that the reason almost always ends up being the mother's fault. Once again, here we are looking this bull in the eyes, which is there's something the mother's doing wrong, and that's why the baby hasn't come by 38 weeks. So, yeah. Added on to that is the fear that many women and many care providers also have, which is that the baby's going to get too big. She won't be able to push it out, again, blaming it on the mother. And we're going to be looking down the barrel of a very interventive birth or a C-section. So this is not my experience of, of birth. It's not most midwives' experience of birth. The fact is that the head doesn't really get bigger. And the head is the most important part to come out. Once the head is out, everything else usually bloops out without much effort. So heads aren't gaining weight, right? Heads aren't getting huge in those last couple of weeks. But the reason that we have this growing fear of term babies, full-term babies, is because we are doing so many interventions that make the babies not fit through the birth canal well that we then blame on the babies being too big or the mother's not being able to push hard enough or not push effectively enough, when in actuality it's that we are doing too much managing and have women flat on their backs and or epiduraled and with Pitocin augmented contractions and all of these things can, and we break water so the baby falls down into a poor position. So all of those things can make a term labor very frightening because the baby is a little bigger right? And if it's if it's a poor presentation or there's not enough power, it can be a problem. But I've seen 12-pound babies come out completely naturally in the water. Again, I go back to what does nature want from the scenario? And nature wants a live, healthy baby. And it's very rare, actually, for a baby not to fit through a pelvis, right? If the woman is free to move, if she's hydrated, if she's nourished, if she's well-supported, babies usually come out, right? That's my experience of birth. And it's actually, I've been to over 800 births oh, at 800, this point. Okay. Yeah. So my personal experience is very different from most people's experience because I've been lucky enough to attend a lot of really boring free-range births. <laughs> birth, in my experience, is really pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of work, Yeah, but I think, not scary. I think one of the things that I have found with the age group that I deal with, the Mm 30-year-olds, is they have so much information at their fingertips. That's true. And it doesn't necessarily add good options. I mean, they hear if the baby's too big, I won't be able to deliver it, or it will be stillborn, Mm -hmm. or it will be this or Mm -hmm. that. 
And I was doing some research on um, the ultrasound and how accurate that is at the end of the nine months or to see inaccurate. to see if the baby is um, going to be too big mm-hmm. for you to birth. Mm-hmm. And really, the the most accurate ultrasound is at twelve weeks. Correct. And they get less accurate as you go. That's so true. So when you get to that nine months, mm-hmm. they're really not going to be able to tell you exactly. Plus, everybody's baby is different because all of us are different. Some mm-hmm. of us are petite. Some of us are not. Mm-hmm. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. So you can't gauge a baby on the statistics of the baby weight and length and height because they're old they're older or they've been in utero longer. Right. So I I want to educate people that the end all if your uh, care provider says we need an ultrasound that's not the only part of the puzzle. It really is not the only part of the puzzle. Again, it's a very complex puzzle, but that is one tiny little piece of pretty often inaccurate data. It can be up to a pound and a half off in either direction towards the end of a pregnancy that weight for Mm -hmm. the fetus. So um, if you are adding that into a larger puzzle, then, okay, let's let's maybe add that in as a factor. You know, we've lost our palpation skills as care providers, most of us, so we're horribly bad at, at estimating weight and size by palpation. So we're relying on this very inaccurate tool, up to a pound and a half off. I attended a planned C-section for a client who was convinced that her baby was going to be huge. She was a very small person, and she listened to the fact that this baby was going to be monstrous if she let the baby go past 40 weeks and planned a C-section. The baby came out and ended up in the NICU. It was not ready at all. The lungs were not ready. The baby was very small. It was under six pounds. She had been told it was going to be close to nine. So, you know, it's inaccurate information at best. The other factor is that all of our pelvic outlets are really similar unless there's a pelvic anomaly. If there's not a pelvic anomaly, all of our pelvises, your pelvis, my pelvis, the six foot seven inch tall volleyball player, the four foot nine inch tall woman, we all have very similar pelvises on the inside, no matter what our hips look like on the outside. Yeah, I think it's uh, just unfortunate sometimes when people try to scare you yeah. <laughs> into an intervention. Yes. And so I, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode mm-hmm. on due dates, because only 5% of the people that have ever had a baby have had it <laughs> even close to their due date. And <laughs> so um, relax. Mm-hmm relax. I really like the, I'm doing the fall. <laughs> you said a season. Yeah, a season. At least hey. let's say a month. Yeah. I'm due in August. Yeah. Well, what what's your due date? I'm due in August. Or, you know, I have a lot of clients who end up saying things like, well, the baby will come when the baby's ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think we need to reframe our uh, verbiage around the due date and uh, have people just accept it as a natural thing and not to necessarily get on every calculator on the internet to find out when my baby's going to be born. 
Again, it's that need for control, right? Mm -hmm. It's the need for control from the care providers. It's the need for control from us. Um, it's really hard to take our hands off that wheel and and say it will happen in its own good time. I have faith that it will happen, and I will be able to orchestrate everything else that I need to navigate in my life around it. You know, so many of my clients have jobs that they have to work, you know, or they have PTO that they have to negotiate or all of those adulting factors that have to be negotiated and and massaged around when the baby decides to come. But what I tell my clients is that's good practice for parenting because you know what? Babies don't do things by the books. Right, right. I had two engineers, they, a couple. They were both engineers, and they were so cute. It was their first baby. And I went to their home for a prenatal visit, and they had a huge whiteboard in their shared office. And on the whiteboard, they had drawn a big calendar. And they had the baby's due date marked in red. Baby comes. And then every day thereafter, they had their little meetings. that They had taken time off. They had saved up all their PTO. And they were going to take off this, you know, six weeks and they had it all worked out. This meeting was going to happen by phone at this time and the baby was going to nap during those meetings. And then they were going to feed the baby during this period. And then this one was going to change the diaper and that one was going to put the baby down for the night. And I looked at it and I had a very hard time not just like falling down on the floor in hysterical laughter. Yeah. But it was it was a big discussion to have, you know, babies don't really go by calendar. That's right. So let's start thinking about that fact around this idea of a due date. Yeah, yeah. Babies don't like calendars. In fact, I honestly think that they do everything in their power to mess them up. (laughs) So the bottom line is to relax. Pretty much. And trust. It's a a trust-building exercise having a baby for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, the conclusion of another episode of What Doulas Know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of What Doulas Know. You can learn more about the show and my guests at whatdoulasknow.com. Please rate and review this show. It helps get more exposure and reach additional people. Peace to all. Thanks. Thanks.